0: My first time was terrifying. My first time was scary. Exciting. Shocking. Traumatic. Sad. Awkward. Weird. Uncomfortable. Depressing. A relief. I thought I was dying. Meh.
1: (laughs) My first time was horrifying.
2: (laughs) My first time was empowering.
1: My first first time. My
2: first
0: time. My first time. My name is Janet Mbogwa, I'm a media personality from Kenya, the founder of the award-winning Inuadado Foundation, author of My First Time, which has inspired this podcast about first time period stories, and I'm a mom of two amazing boys. It's important to me that we continue normalizing and mainstreaming taboo conversations through diverse voices, because when everyone is included, everyone wins. We're continuing our conversation series on myths and misconceptions around periods. This time, we're joined by Zara Njoki, who is a mental health advocate, and Rose Wajob, who continues to rehabilitate street families in Nairobi. Here's their conversation. It's so amazing to have you both here.
2: Thank you. Zara Thank you. And Trish. We're happy to be here. Happy to definitely. have you.
0: And we're talking a little bit about myths and misconceptions. But before then, Trish, you can tell us your first time story
1: okay great uh my first time story uh it was this day i was with my mom and my uh, step-sister it was the first time i was actually meeting her she's called annette and uh we sort of look alike and everything in terms of uh, character and all that stuff so it was getting cold and yet we wanted to go to a uh, national park we're in tanzania so i told mom you know what before we go to arusha we were in moshi i would want to go home and get my sweater then we go home i go to the washroom and i wipe after i peed and i'm like crap and my mom was just yeah. busy doing her stuff i don't know my mom thought probably i was having a long call but i was really really trying to debate on mm-hmm. how am i going to start this conversation with her so then of the day i was like um mom angalia <laughs>
2: <laughs> that way
1: then she was like come here um here pads you stop now playing with your brothers like wow okay i'm like okay which, which which kind of games i'm like like literally i had to like uh, push myself uh from my twin brother actually mm-hmm. so and uh, then the following morning she asked me was it too heavy and uh, you know it was my first time so i was trying to understand uh what exactly do you mean so i was like i think uh, maybe yeah and uh, I was really scared of actually opening a pad because I didn't want my twin to realize that I'm actually on my periods. I've already gotten my periods. Uh, but with time, going back to school, I, I think I just got a whole gist of it. Then the weather and the and uh, the everything, the climate, uh, home and schooling, I was in boarding. Uh, I had like two months that my periods did not come and uh, I was like, okay, what's really happening? Mm-hmm. Then weirdly on the table, my friend, uh, was just asking, um. So if you have your periods, then they do not come if not had sex. Is it normal? And I was like, oh, I see why she's asking. She's also asking on my behalf. Mm. Yeah. Then I just understood that uh, probably because uh, I was starting getting my periods and uh, adjusting and all that stuff. And I had serious of headaches b- before my first periods, and also I got my periods, uh, in uh, twenty should be 2011 2010 and by then i used to question myself oh my gosh a lot of my classmates have already had the periods Mm. some from as early as in class five Mm. so i was like okay then when they came, I was like oh finally, and actually got my periods on my mom's birthday, wow. so it's something I cannot forget. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: for years to come, you won't forget uh, that no. for sure. Yeah. What about your first time story?
2: Um, my name is Zahra, because <laughs> I remember you said mm-hmm. mention your names. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, well, my first time was actually exciting, but what followed was not quite exciting. Um, it was on the twenty third of December. It was in class five during. Yeah, I was in, no, I was in class six. Yes, class six. So I got my period and I was talking to my stepmom. And then I realized something came out. Then I went to check. I was so excited. I'm so loud and babbling and all that. So she celebrated me, but I was like, yay, finally. And then she gave me 50 shillings to go buy pads (laughs) And they were the worst pads ever. That those maternity pads, those oh. those rectangular ones, they were so like they're so thick. It was so uncomfortable. I I didn't know what to do. It, it was annoying. So after my first packet of pad finished, I asked for another one because uh, when I first got my period, I got it for fifteen days straight
1: mm. with a
2: very heavy flow. And she told me I don't have money and now you we used to go for classes um and we were told not to talk about it with boys so that included my dad so i was like how do i approach him i'm only what 12 years old how do i approach him and i didn't ask my dad for pads so i I just started cutting pieces of lessons and i used those for years Mm -hmm. and uh, it was so uncomfortable and embarrassing because people would go change and you see them cutting like two cutes always uh, at that time. It was pink always pads, and they used to smell so nice. And me, I'm just hiding pep- like pieces of clothes in mm-hmm. my, you know, in my pockets. So it wasn't really like uh, it wasn't a nice experience for me. So until one t- one time, I got so mad and I asked my, do you know I get my period? It's like what? I give your mom money so uh, long story you know short I made him buy me pads every single time I would not even keep like count when my period would come I tell I would just wake up in the middle like uh, in the morning like around 4 or 5 and I tell him I got my period I starts complaining. Zara said, buy these things very early. So he just goes out to look for the, for shops to just buy pads. And that mm. was it.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's not an easy way to deal with it, <laughs> to have to hide it and then have to
2: yeah. use
0: something else. And now we're we're talking about myths and misconceptions, which yeah. are some of the issues that affect millions of people. They've disrupted people's periods around the world. Yeah. I think each and every one of us has grown up with a myth and misconception. Mm. Sometimes they're really harmful because they then... kind of project a certain image about menstruation, which is false, Mm. and which keeps you from thriving at your best. Mm -hmm. For each of you, what was that one myth or misconception that you feel you were either really shocked to find out the truth or that you feel you really had to take time to unlearn? Mm. Um, We can start with you.
1: Well, uh, of course, there have been so many. I'm even uh, confused on which (laughs) one to say. But uh, let me stick to the one of... uh, when you receive your periods it's uh it's guaranteed that you're fertile you mm. see over the period uh when you get it of course you'll be like yeah finally i can become a woman a mom and all that stuff but you know uh, until when you're trying to get a child for uh, the people who have been trying to get children of course it's a guar- it's not a guarantee that when you receive your periods that you're fertile There's a lot of things that come into the picture apart mm. from just your periods yeah
0: no, that's a very important one to raise—a really important one because it is linked to fertility in yeah. many ways. But you're right; everyone's journey is different, yes. and some people have their period but are struggling to conceive, um, and that's why they introduce different ways, if it's IVF or surrogacy. So that is spot on. It's yeah. not, con- you know, it's not particularly the truth. So thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. What about for you, Zara?
2: Well, for me, there, like she said, there are quite a lot, but I'll just mention one because it actually resonates with me more because of my religion. Um, growing up, we were told that you're not supposed to step in a mosque if you're on your period. And you're not supposed to pray. You're not supposed to um, touch the Quran. And it makes you like, cause you have to go to the mosque. You have to pray and all that. And for me, it's even now, I I, I think um, I still, Cause it's more like you're impure, you know. Mm. And when you get your period, I I don't know why this happens, but when you when you finish when you're done with your period, you have to wash yourself seven times from head to toe. Yeah, wow. it's a it's a thing. It's, it's like, still
0: something that it's, happens. It, it's still so on the last day of your period or before you enter the mosque. Not, when? No, no,
2: no, on your last day of your period, mm-hmm. so that you are pure. pure. Yeah. So for me, it's like even today, if I am done with my period, like. Of course we have very busy schedules and I would come from work and I'm so so you know I'm so tired I just want to go have a quick shower I don't want to start washing my hair drying it and all that so I can't go to bed if I haven't washed my hair and done the whole ritual saying I intend to remove the impurity. it's like a whole thing you have to say the words you have to say I, I intend to remove the impurity of period and it, it it makes me because I'm an anxious person, so it makes me it, it doesn't make my life easy. Easier, yeah. So now I'll I'll be walking around. I've even even though I've showered, I smell nice. I still feel dirty. Mm. Have yeah. you
0: managed to? And learn the dirty? Or is it still something you kind of struggle with? I,
2: I really do struggle with it because sometimes I try to give myself two more days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Zara, don't do not do the whole ritual. Wait for two more days. And then I am like, no. Mm. I feel icky. Like,
0: and have you tried to, quote unquote, push back? And that's obviously a big question because yeah. if it's something that's known within such a wide demographic of people, you can't yeah. just wake up and be like, this isn't true. No. Is it changing though? Do you get a sense that in some communities it's no no, it's still a
2: no coming from like an islamic culture it's more like you you have it's it's there the the people before you did it you mm. have to do it you know
0: wow that's uh that's i know when i did my first time the book and one of the one of the people i spoke to is an imam which i think was so powerful and i know he was saying that he's starting to appreciate that it's a harmful notion yes. because then you leave a lot of, you know, women and girls yeah. riddled with shame. Yeah. So it's also important that you've raised it because then we need to really interrogate such cultural yes. nuances and religious nuances yes. so that we say. So that's a really big one. What are you doing in your spaces to amplify the right kind of messaging around bodily autonomy and rights, or yeah. or wellness. What are, what are you doing in your respective space? Uh,
1: okay, uh, first I have something that's really binding. From okay, our conversation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so you have said that you have to wash yourself like seven times. So yeah. I'm now thinking for the people who do not have access to water, water. What do they do? Then also, I'm like for somebody who has access to water, that's water wastage. where mm-hmm. would you? but
2: seven right. times in a row mm-hmm. yes yeah, so. it's it's not more like you know like taking like one bucket mm-hmm. then no it's like you you're there if you're taking the first if you're obviously if you're using a bucket you're using that thing oh the cup oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. so it's like one but then you use the first one the first one is like you use um use soap mm-hmm. and if you have nail polish you remove it everything yeah and then you shave every—it's—it's it's a whole process. I'm telling you,
0: it's very wow. interesting. Yeah. yeah, I like yeah. the issues because you're probably <laughs> going to talk about things like wash. <laughs> I think yeah. is what you ask. But yeah. so, what is it in your space that you're trying to do to shift harmful narratives around menstruation?
1: Uh, so I'm a section productive health rights advocate, and uh, matters of uh menstruation first. Uh, there's this myth that is also supposed to say or um, conception that you know women uh that whoever get their periods are considered to be women but again you know we have the lgbtq plus community where some don't even identify as women but they're still they still go through uh the menstruation so for me is to ensure that people are are conscious of the gender they, they they talk about and also respecting women uh for example when people out here just speak of terms like uh, umama, for me it really annoys me mm-hmm. so just because somebody has done this we feel like it's more of uh, umama ish it's more of like an insult to the to uh to, to people who consider themselves as women so for me it's more of protecting girls right women's right and to ensure that people are sensitive on uh on the language they use, you know, mm. trying to say this is umama or uh, mimi ni and all that stuff, it's more of diminishing us. So for me, um, for uh, you cannot try to belittle us by trying to make somebody feel so powerful. Mm. Mm. Yes.
0: Okay, so that's powerful. So it's advocacy and it's basically about agency.
1: Yes. You're right. And okay.
0: you're a contestant for Miss President. Oh, oh yes. Which is amazing, and um, you know, I, you said it's going to continue for some time, so we're rooting for you, and we'll continue to watch it. So thank you. What about you, Zara? What's what are you doing in your space to try and change these narratives?
2: I this is this is uh, funny because I deliberately talk about period in front of men, mm-hmm. just so they can get uncomfortable and like, yeah, it's period, get over it. So I do that a lot, uh, especially at my workplace. I'll just throw things like, oh my God, I think I'm going to get my period soon. Like, huh?
1: <laughs> they look at me like, huh? Sorry, right?
2: like, yes, period, get over it. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I do that. I openly speak or talk about that in front of men. Because I I had a I had a very like bad um, experience with a guy I was dating because he thought me sending him pads was making him less of a man like I'm a man how can you send me? two months uh, <laughs> mm. he still talked he still talked about it he was mad about it so for me I I like to talk about this especially with men and I I love to see men who are so open minded and they. Thing that women are like you know women are amazing you know talk about it it's natural yeah. I I don't I don't think there's any any problem with that yeah. so having con- those conversations and you know um, making I wouldn't say making because that's like forcing them but letting men you know understand and know like bringing them into these spaces where they can because most of them don't know we grew up having those sessions in classes and they used to say ah boys you have to go out we have a girls you know talk." talk so they need to include boys especially in schools they need to include them in those conversations, so that they can, you know, grow grow up, understanding and and learning that mm-hmm. this is okay. It's natural. Um, we need care, especially for for people like me. When I say people like me, um, I'm dealing with uh, chemical imbalance and hormones at the same time. So it's 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 bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they need to learn how to deal with that. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah.
0: Well, thank you both for what thank you're doing you. in your spaces, for amplifying and for pushing back on negative stereotypes thank you for coming on the podcast as well thank
2: you. Thank, thank you janet thank you
0: thank you for listening to my first time stories podcast where we're pushing for menstrual justice one story at a time